Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. My name is Henry Chisholm, and uh, today we're talking more about how the Pac-12 could potentially return to play. Um, the, the big news came out a couple days ago when uh, we talked on Thursday about uh, the the deal that the Pac-12 made with the Quidel Corporation, which essentially means that the Pac-12 will be able to test student athletes every day. And get results back within 15 minutes, starting hopefully by the end of this month. Um, and that's a huge step. And since then, the the rumors have started to at least spread a little bit about when we could see the Pac-12 return to the football field. And uh, I want to jump into those today, which is what we're going to do here soon after I tell you about Green Mountain Dental Group. Green Mountain Dental is a family-owned uh, dentist office out in Lakewood. They're huge Colorado sports fans, um, and they are one of our partners here at DMVR. And so uh, if you support them, then you're essentially just supporting us um, just as much. Um, If those aren't good enough reasons for you guys to make a trip out to Lakewood about 15 minutes away from downtown Denver uh, to visit Green Mountain Dental, then maybe this will help. Uh, If you go out there and schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, You'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. It's a great deal. That Sonicare toothbrush, those are some of the best toothbrushes on the market. And uh, you can get one for free without to pay for it. And then, see, those are the kinds of things that you never really buy for yourself. Or at least I don't because it's like, ah, I know it'd be really good to have. And it'd it'd make my teeth cleaner and all that kind of stuff. But... I can just use a normal toothbrush and not spend money on something like that because it is, you know, in some ways kind of a luxury item. But uh, if you just go get your teeth cleaned at Green Mountain Dental next time you need to get your teeth cleaned, you can get that for free too. And then you have like a great toothbrush that'll last you quite a while. So do that. Schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam to get your free Sonicare toothbrush. And then when you do go out there to uh, Green Mountain Dental, let us know. Tag us on Instagram, tag them on Instagram, on Twitter, and uh, we uh, we just want to see how clean they can make your teeth. All right. So, um, there's no, like, real hard news here about what to expect from the Pac-12, but there at least have been some rumors. One of those rumors is that the Pac-12 has considered starting this season as early as November, 
the Big Ten, meanwhile, the other Power Five conference that is not currently playing college football or is not going to be starting within the next few weeks, um, they have explored starting as early as October. Now, we are now into September, which is pretty crazy, but that means that the clock is kind of ticking uh, for the Big Ten to get moving if they are going to try to start that early. Um, or uh, for the Pac-12, there's still a little more time to start in November. And um, Larry Scott talked on uh, College Game Day on ESPN today um, about some of the Pac-12 stuff. It wasn't, um, well, <laughs> if I'm being like totally honest, you know, it's the same thing that we always say when we talk about, you know, it, for us, it's always Larry Scott. It's like, yeah, he, he kind of hinted that maybe something could happen, but there's really nothing hard that you can bank on to say that, okay, we are on a path back to college football. Um, and that means that we kind of direct some of that negativity about the lack of certainty toward Larry Scott when really it is kind of his job to uh, be in that position. You know, that's what commissioners do is kind of take the blame for the decisions that everybody else is equally a part of. Um, all In the NFL, it's what the owners are a part of. In the college ranks, it's what the university presidents within the conference or the, the athletic directors think. But uh, they all get together and discuss it. And then Larry Scott is the guy who has to go out and say, Here's what's going on, and so he takes uh, a lot of the blame. So I do have to say that, um, you know, he really didn't give all that much information, but you shouldn't bash him too much because that's kind of his job, and there are plenty of better reasons to do that. Um, here's the quote, though. Um, when asked whether the Pac-12 is going to return alongside the Big Ten... Uh, meaning that they would kind of schedule their seasons together, um, start at the same point, end at the same point. Larry Scott said this, It's preferred, but it's not necessary. This is a year in which everyone is just figuring out how to proceed safely and get in as much of a season that we feel we can. Every conference is going about it differently. We've all postponed. We've all got reduced seasons. How we're doing it is all a bit different. If we can align with the Big Ten, it would open the possibility of some exciting postseason opportunities. So, I like that. Um, I, I think that the the goal for me at this point is to have some sort of postseason with the Big Ten. If you're able to make that happen, I think that if you, if you just say starting today, what would you call a success given the current circumstances based on the decisions that have made up to this point, that would be the easiest way to claim a success just because I think that getting a football season in, I mean, it's not necessarily going to be easy, but it's something that should be done. Like that is if, if you aren't getting a 2020 football season in, whether it's actually played in 2021 or not, uh, I, I think that you have very obviously failed. Um, if you are the Pac-12, you know, for some of the FCS conferences, then maybe the conversation is a little bit different, but the Pac-12 can find a way to play football. And I think that having the testing technology that they have now really means that that should be the standard. If, if with daily tests that give you accurate, quick results, you can't find a way to play football. 
that's on you. Now, who knows what's going on? I mean, there is the outside chance that, or I don't even know if it's an outside chance. I, I'm not somebody who's qualified to say when we're talking about the pandemic, what's likely and what's not. But I'll just say there is a chance that things get worse. And that even though that does appear to be that the United States is past at least one peak, when you look at like the new daily cases, um, they, they have been tr- generally trending downward over the course of the last few weeks or so. Uh, there still could be a spike. And if that spike happens and all of a sudden there are flare-ups, um, then maybe you can't find a way to do it responsibly because there's no way to get rid of all of the contact that student athletes will have with outsiders. You know, whether it's getting on the bus and there's a bus driver um, checking into a hotel and there are other people in the hotel lobby getting on a plane and there's a pilot on the plane and they're the people who prepare the food when they're on the road and all the people they interact with, the people who are cleaning the visiting locker room, and then they go in there after they've touched the surfaces, even though they probably take extra precautions. You know, the, you just come into contact with so many people when you're on a college football road trip. And you come into a lot of people just being as a part of a college football team, too. For the most part, um, outside of the road trips, you'd think that they would have everybody tested every day that the football players would come into contact with. And all of this really does apply to the other sports as well. But... You know, the, the coaches in the locker room, they're getting tested. The, the equipment managers in the locker room, they're getting tested. You know, everybody in there should be getting tested. Even the people who go in there and clean it and vacuum should be getting tested. If all of the Pac-12 is going to be testing daily and, you know, we talked a lot in the last podcast about what exactly that means. Um, and essentially what that means is, you know who has it and who doesn't, and you can find out quickly. So, you know, with that Austin P game um, that that happened, um, the FCS kickoff where they didn't have any long snappers, and we don't know exactly why. You don't know if anybody had the coronavirus and anybody didn't. But based on like the rumors that were swirling, that a bunch of people have been affected by the coronavirus in that locker room, and that's why they didn't make the trip. And then you see that all three long snappers didn't make the trip, it's pretty easy to think that, wow, one of them probably got it and then came into contact with the others and so they weren't allowed to travel. In that situation now with the daily testing, you could say, oh, you came into contact with this guy. We need to test you before we let you in instead of just saying we can't let you in because the other tests that people are taking take so long to get the results and they can't justify taking them um, daily either because of the cost or because of the moral situation and that those tests are being given to student athletes regularly when really they might be better off being used in other communities now that the pac-12 makes this deal with quidel i think that a lot of that moral argument is gone as well because quidel is using this data to better inform how they test going forward in other communities 
um, what trends to look for in other communities, and in all of that other kind of stuff that the scientists can draw based on the data they get that I can't even guess about what exactly it is. And so when that data is being used, um, and I think in collaboration with the Pac-12 schools, and I'm not sure what exactly that looks like, but the way they say it almost sounded like the universities would be using it for research as well, that means that you aren't just using these tests with the result being now we know if you have it or not, which, you know, maybe those tests, maybe it's more important to figure out if somebody else has it or not instead of the student athletes. Instead, you're saying that the outcome is we know if you have it or not, and we're tracking all of this data in a way that we can use it to help keep other people safe in the future. And I think that that makes it a lot easier. You can almost say like it'd be the Pac-12 almost sacrificing something themselves by going out and playing because it is going to help other people outside of the Pac-12. Um, it, it makes it easier, at least in a PR way, for the Pac-12 to come back and play football. You know, they can say, yes, we are the responsible conference. We did what was right based on what the doctors told us. We didn't try to force a season when the odds were we wouldn't get the whole thing completed and if we did get it completed it would be with games where you're missing multiple starters on each team because of the coronavirus and I don't know I mean we have to see today's the first college football Saturday um, I haven't seen anything about whether coronavirus has had any impacts. I mean, to be honest, I mean, that first game that was played, the Central Arkansas-Austin uh, P game, nobody was really talking about how half the team was missing because of coronavirus um, for Austin P when it happened. So maybe we won't hear all that much unless I really do dig in, which I do plan on doing because it is very important stuff um, to see what exactly is going to happen is this viable um, especially when you're seeing outbreaks in some pretty big schools you know Tennessee can't practice because so many people have it um, I haven't heard whether Auburn is back practicing I would assume at this point they would be but I don't know um, and so if the Pac-12 says hey here's what we did we said this wasn't viable we said that we couldn't do this um, and start in September and just play a normal season because of the, the availability of the tests because we would start to have these outbreaks. We'd have to hold out people who weren't testing positive but had come into contact with somebody else because we didn't have time to get the results on new tests or we couldn't test them again. Instead, they can say, here's what we did. We found a way to make a deal that got us the best testing possible so that not only are we keeping the student-athletes safer than the other conferences and outside of the student-athletes keeping the entire community safer by limiting the spread of the coronavirus because it wouldn't just be contained. An outbreak isn't just going to be contained to the locker room. It's going to spread in whatever other way that those student-athletes spread it. Um, everybody goes to the grocery store. Everybody pumps gas and grabs the thing at the gas station, the handle, the pump. Is that just called a pump? Yeah. You know, there's there's all those different ways where it can spread outside of football and by saying, hey, we're all right with a few of our kids getting sick, you might also be saying, we're all right with a few people in the community getting sick. And 
that's kind of the whole debate across the country is that your choice to say, I'm going to put myself in this situation where maybe I'll get it, even though it could impact somebody else because I could spread it. Or is it on the community to say, no, you can't do that because you'll get other people sick. And we don't need to get into that conversation. Luckily, uh, everybody else has had that covered for the last five months. Um, but that is kind of that thing here too. And so the PAC 12 can also point to responsibility in that way. And then of course the on-field product, they can get everybody on the field because the testing will show you who can play and who can't. And you don't have to err on the side of caution in the way that we've seen other schools have to. And also you're not going to have as many sick players because you're going to know right away when somebody has it. You know, one of the things the doctor said that I think is really important is that those tests will diagnose the coronavirus or tell you you have the coronavirus oftentimes before you become infectious. And so you aren't, you're, you're knowing that you could get somebody sick before you could actually get them sick, which is the really tough part. You'll remember early on with the coronavirus because the symptoms didn't show up for a couple of weeks, but you were infectious before you got to that point. And so people were spreading it before they um, even knew they had it. That has been totally reversed by these tests, at least for the student athletes, and it is a, a huge step in that regard as well. Um, I have a bunch more thoughts that we're going to get into, but first I want to tell you about Breckenridge Brewery. What, let's see. I was drinking, I was drinking some of the pumpkin spice latte. I guess it's nitro pumpkin spice latte last night. Uh, very good beer. I had a couple of those, maybe a few of them. Um, I think that might've been it. Yeah. I think it was just those last night. I, I, I guess I wasn't drinking that much. A lot of people, so we were there at the DMVR bar for the avalanche game. Um, the avalanche lost. That was really sad. Um, just really sad. We don't need to spend too much time on that game, but I'm going to say a couple quick things. They were missing a whole bunch of players because they've had like eight players get knocked out of this series by injury, which is a, a ridiculous number. Eight players in one series. Um, two of them are your top two goalies, and so you're starting your third goalie. Um, he was able to get the game to overtime. It was a crushing defeat in overtime, just watching that happen in a Game 7. It was awful. But um, some people coped with some tequila shots. Some people had a bunch of beer. You know, I had a couple beers, uh, one tequila shot, and mostly just sat there sad because I felt like, oh, I don't want to be numb to this. I want to remember this feeling when the Avs win it next year. And maybe I was a little too optimistic of me. And I don't even want to think about this anymore. Too many sad things happening. We're going to move on Breckenridge Brewery is incredible their beers are very good I will say that first sip of the pumpkin spice latte even after the avalanche lost just puts a smile on your face that's a good beer um if you want to try it you can go to the Breckenridge Brewery website it'll tell you uh where exactly you can go to get the uh nitro pumpkin spice latte um or any other beer. Uh, you can also order it through Drizzly. You can also go down to the farmhouse in Littleton and pick some up for yourself. There's so many different ways to do it. Just make sure you get your hands on some because it is really good stuff. And you know what else is good stuff? Uh, the education you could get from MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online is the leader in the Rocky Mountain region 
for uh, online college, on, online school. I don't even know what you call it. Online university. Online for an online education. Let's just say that. Um, they've been doing it for a while now. They've been investing in that area for a while now. And now that essentially all of the schools are going to online classes for the most part, why not go somewhere where they've been doing this for a while? And also they won't charge you as much as some of the others would. It's such a great value. Um, you guys can go to msudenver.com slash online to check out what exactly the cost looks like and what you get out of it. But they just give you so many opportunities. You know, you can get your choice of 40 different degrees, over 40 different degrees, all through online-only programs. Um, you can uh, also just look through the 700-plus courses that you can take online. The best part, at least from what I've heard from Harrison Wynn and Ali Monroy, who have been taking classes at MSU Denver online, um, it's just that the professors know what they're doing and they care and they're real people from the real world who understand what modern businesses are doing and not just businesses. You know, if you're in the business route, then that's definitely valuable. But there's also people who are practicing doctors who are in there. And it's just so good to talk to people from the real world and have them teach you how to do what they do. Um, Sometimes that just works better than having somebody who is a professor and knows a lot about the topic just kind of preaching. MSU Denver Online is a, a great choice for online education. Again, you can go to msudenver.com slash online for more details. Okay, not going to lie. Lost my train of thought. There was something I really wanted to get to, and uh, I forget what exactly that was. Um but I will say this. I do want to get back to my point that the best case scenario for the Pac-12 is that what they do, do lines up with the Big Ten because it just gives this little bit of legitimacy that, honestly, I think both conferences could use. You know, when when the Big Ten comes back, let's just say they come back the Thanksgiving weekend, say Thanksgiving weekend, right when the rest of college football is wrapping up, they start their season, they play through f February. When they're finishing up, then maybe the Pac-12 is just starting and they play through March. And by doing that, you s separate yourself just a little bit too much, I think, from the rest of college football. Um, you, you just kind of isolate yourself. And there, there are definitely some positives to being the only college football conference that is playing at any given time because p football fans will watch. You know, re just remember how many people were watching the AFL and the XFL um, over the last couple of years just because there wasn't real football on TV. It's not because what they were building in those leagues was worth watching. It was just because it was football and it was on TV when no other football was on TV. And I think that, you know, that would be a good thing for the Pac-12, you know, just force exposure, especially when you do have the brands, you know, you, you still have USC, you know, it's not like you're just running out there and it's Tulane and Rutgers and a bunch of schools nobody cares about. When you have USC and Oregon and Washington is in there, I think maybe Arizona State's seen that way. I mean, not that way, but, you know seen as something worth watching 
by having those big names that people may come for, that will come for, because there is no other football, they might start to like what they see from some of the other programs as well. Um, And, you know, this whole narrative of the Pac-12 kind of like eating itself alive, I think that that kind of shows that there is a little bit more depth to the Pac-12 than people give credit for you know that the top end talent the last couple of years it hasn't been there in the way that it needs to you know Oregon was close last year to being a college football playoff team they probably should have been one if if the Pac-12 wants to be seen as a a real player in national college football but I think that they were close enough that people will watch and then see oh wow these other teams in the Pac-12 aren't just like garbage all around them. You know, they're better than the rest of the ACC outside of Clemson. It's, it would be good in a lot of ways to stagger this. And I think that because they already have committed to staggering, they are not starting at the same time as the rest of college football. You, uh, you'll see some benefit from that. But if you can do it the same time as the Big Ten, and sure, that brings in competition. You're playing on Saturdays. And, you know, if, if, what there's going to be seven big 10 games maybe i mean i guess spread out through saturday the pac-12 is going to have six games they might have like their friday night and then play the rest on saturday there will be some competition and you're going to lose viewers because of it probably but if you come into the season seeing it as this Big Ten Pac-12 showdown where it's the Pac-12 basically saying like oh you guys think that you're so good Let's see what happens when we get a shot at you and and you go through the whole season and, and you play whatever the schedule is. You know, we've been hearing like the plan for the February schedule was a six game schedule with the last game being the uh, a game against the Big Ten team um, after playing uh, the other five against the conference. You know, if, if that can be expanded to 18, eight games or you, maybe even 10 games, maybe if you start in late November or early December. You could you could have that ten game season and then finish with you know your corresponding team from the Big Ten. You know the the number one plays number one, the number two plays the number two, all the way down. And I'm not sure what you do at the end because there are two more Big Ten schools than Pac-12 schools. Maybe you just make them play each other. I don't know. I don't know. But if you could make everybody understand from the start that this is what we're doing this is going to result in a Pac-12 versus Big Ten game, and it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, it's the same thing as kind of how bowls work, except it is just 1v1, one conference versus the other, instead of our one will play the number one from the SEC, and our two will play the number one from the Mountain West. and the However, that wouldn't be it, but you just work your way through all of them. But instead, you just go straight up. Okay, our one versus your one. Our two versus two, your two. And I think it could be a lot of fun. I also think the Big Ten would win a lot of football games, but who knows what's going to happen this year. Um, but I would like to see these schedules line up. Um, and I think that that would be good for everybody involved because it just, again, provides that bit of legitimacy. Everybody sees this as college football season still because you do have the two conferences still playing and and you have more fan bases that are engaged because that is something that the Big Ten has over the Pac-12 is just the engagement of the fan bases. You know, if, if Ohio State is playing a football game, 
a lot of people are going to be watching that football game because there are a lot of people who live and die by Ohio State football. Same is true with Michigan. Same is true with Nebraska. Um, you know, and, and there's some of that in the Pac-12 too, but, you know, you have your USC fans and your Oregon fans, but maybe you just don't quite have the same depth that the Big Ten has. And just by having all of these people watching college football on Saturdays, they're going to be clicking through. They aren't just going to watch the Big Ten, especially if there's a fun matchup, especially if you're getting USC-Oregon, and then that interest grows from there. And then because everybody's paying attention and so loud about it on social media, then all the other college football fans will buy in too. I really think that there will be just as much interest in a spring season as there is with the current season that's kind of underway and is kind of you know there's just the staggered start where some conferences are starting every week and by the end of September they'll all be playing except for the Big Ten and the Pac-12 at least uh, the Power Five so yeah that's that's where I'm at at least um, in terms of my thoughts uh, Larry Scott did stay say and I think that this is important uh, he was on the Dan Patrick show yesterday um, and he said, I've got a high degree of confidence that we'll be playing football in January. It's possible that we could play sooner. So there's that. Oh, I also wanted to add it today uh, that um, I said in the last show that the Penn State doctor um, said that in about a third of the student athletes have to have tested positive for the coronavirus in the Big Ten um, again, about a third of them have also had symptoms of the myocarditis, which is the heart muscle inflammation thing. Um, he, the doctor, has since walked back those comments and said, like, oh, I, I was not working off the wrong data. That that number is not that high. That is very good news for the Pac-12 and just for, like, the world in terms of the effects, the long-term effects of um, COVID-19. Uh, and so, yes, definitely, if that was in your brain, that one-third number, well, definitely get that out of there because it is not true. Um, Yeah, I think that that's everything I had today. Oh, I almost, I think there were some comments. And I will get to those uh, after I tell you about the Colorado Raptors. So, in case you haven't heard, things are changing in the Colorado rugby space. And in, honestly, the rugby space of the United States DNVR is now covering all things rugby in Colorado and in the entire U.S. Reporter Colton Strickler is keeping you up to date on all things American rugby with the DNVR Rugby Podcast. And you can find his written rugby content right on our site with the rest of our coverage. It was just announced that Infinity Park in Glendale will be the new official training center for the men's and women's USA Eagles 15s teams. That means that Colorado is the place to be for rugby in the United States. Make sure you are keeping up to speed with us and with Colton on the DNVR Rugby Podcast. You can support us by supporting our sponsors. So download the DNVR Rugby Podcast and learn about the game. Our guy Colton is doing basic 101 pods to break down the game for you, and they are incredible. He's even bringing you exclusive one-on-one interviews with some of the biggest names in American rugby. Again, you should be following the DNVR Rugby account on Twitter and download the DNVR Rugby podcast. Give it a try. Rugby is a fun sport, and supporting our partners is supporting us. All right. Um, I am going to get into these comments now. So first one from Silverbuff, who says, I'm sure you saw after recording yesterday's pod that the one-third of students, athletes getting myocarditis after COVID isn't true. The Penn State doc corrected himself. 
exactly right. Uh, we did see that. Um, B Mixer says, good show. You're going to need something stronger after that Nuggets game tonight. I hope you did not have money on the Nuggets. The announcement was surprising, but good to hear. Larry needs to go, but I can't fault him too much for how he handled the COVID thing. I think they were vague because there was no way... Oh, because that way nobody could use it against them in a lawsuit, or if they say they are planning on trying to play earlier but can't for any reason, they can't be held accountable for what they said. From Wilner and others today, Scott and the Big Ten dude have been communicating, and the hope is that they can do something together. I think basketball will begin before January 1st, and football has a decent chance now to begin in November. Ah, well, let's just start at the top. I did have money on the Nuggets, and uh, now DraftKings Sportsbook and the good people there have that money. Luckily, I've been able to work back from those losses, and uh, for now, I, I, I made like one bet. Uh, I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was that Avs game. Um, the game six, I had the Avs to win by three or more, and that hit, and I had that parlayed with uh, the Nuggets to win this series. And because the odds were so good on both of those things, that parlay will pay out a lot of money if the Nuggets win this series. And the thought of that money means that I don't need to be betting game by game. I can just know that every win is a step in the right t- direction toward that. And uh, who knows? Crazy things have been happening. Uh, I think the Heat are going to sweep the Bucks today. Um, uh, no, I guess that'll be tomorrow. So if that can happen, why can't the Nuggets pull out a series over the Clippers in seven? I don't know. Jumping into more relevant stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, again, Larry has handled, Larry Scott has handled the the pandemic, I think, pretty well. Um for the most part, uh, I think the decisions he made make a lot of sense. I don't necessarily think he's the greatest commissioner, but uh, if I were to make a case against him being the Pac-12 commissioner in the future, uh, I think there are a lot of places to start that would get you to a more successful end more quickly than if you started with how he has handled the coronavirus pandemic. Um you make some good points. Essentially, I think that they did just want to have out there as much as possible. Like, hey, we're going to do our best. We don't know what's going to happen. There are a bunch of things we need to happen. We'll keep you updated. And they did keep us updated. When they realized they were going to be able to get daily testing that gives rapid results about two months faster, about eight weeks faster than they had anticipated, they planned a press conference and they told us all about it. And now we know that that's on the same page. We love hearing that uh, I think Kevin Warren is his name, uh, the the commissioner of the Big Ten, has been talking with Larry Scott. They definitely have been. Larry told us that that this, last week they've been in touch pretty frequently. And if they can put something together together, that would be really good. Um, in terms of this last sentence, I think basketball begins before January 1st and football is a decent chance now to begin November. I think you put it well. I think that's the wording I would use. I would bet on basketball before January 1st. Um, and football has a decent chance to begin in November. I'm not sure I put money on it, but uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is coming back sooner than we're hoping. Um, or no, sooner than we're expecting. It cannot come back as soon as we'd hope because today is Rocky Mountain Showdown Day. And um, I didn't want to spend too much time talking about it because it just is a sad day that we... Uh, 
we're here. You know, September 5th was not supposed to. September 5th has just been ingrained in my brain since the end of last football season. Like, that's when it finally comes back. That's when we get the road trip up to Fort Collins. Um, you know, we get a, a week of talking crap here at DMVR on these podcasts about the Rocky Mountain Showdown. But it didn't happen this year because there's no game this year. Um, yeah, it's a. It's just too bad. It's just too bad. Um, I will be back soon with another episode of this podcast, maybe with more good news. You know, things are trending in the right direction. It's been a good few days for the Pac-12, and that means it's been a good few days for the Boss fans. Um, I'm going to get back to watching this college football, though. I hope you guys are doing the same, and hopefully all goes smoothly. Hopefully uh, nobody is getting sick, and we don't turn on one of these games and see that uh, they just don't have quarterbacks because that is a thing that is – 100% on the table in a pandemic and just like in 2020 in general. Um, Oh, today was also cut day. Maybe we'll get into that on the next show. Um, The buffs came out well. There were a bunch of bubble guys who could have made it, could have not made it. Um, But, you know, KB on Ento made it. Sounds like he had a foot surgery last week, so he might be headed to the IR um, just based on what I've been reading from the Packers reporters. Um, Daniel Munyer, he made it with the Titans. Uh, there were some cuts, though. Um, Juwan Winfrey, Devin Ross, Paul Richardson, Tony Brown, Steven Montez. Uh, those were the five fu- five buffs who were uh, cut on the NFL Cut Day. And they'll go through waivers now. So I think in the next 24 hours, any NFL team can lay a claim to any of those guys. Um, if multiple teams try to claim one player, whoever had the higher pick in the uh, first round of this year's draft, um, they will get that player, um, and that's because they give them to the worst teams first. Um, and, uh, yeah, hopefully those guys uh, find some landing spots. The good news on top of the other news is that uh, practice squads this year expanded from 12 players to 16 and there's a limited number of roster spot or practice squad spots just for players who uh, are more experienced than uh, the players they're typically allowed to join practice squads. So anybody can make it onto a practice squad. Um, I would expect to see Paul Richardson on one. I think Devin Ross will be back with the Patriots. Um, you know, I would guess Jawan Winfrey's back with the Broncos. I'm not so sure about Tony Brown and Steven Montez with uh, the Washington football team, uh, but. Uh, we know that they're good at football, so I think they might have a decent shot. Uh, they could wind up on other rosters, on active rosters as well. We'll see how things go. Um, for all of that information on that stuff, there is a story up um, specifically on Forever Buffs on Cut Day at thednvr.com that you members can uh, go look at. All right, uh, I'll be back soon with another show. Appreciate you all for listening, and I'll see you later. I think I like my Colorado See you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the way.
Look into my eyes. I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hey, hey. You on your own now. Why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. <laughs> and we ain't playing with you. You can get it anytime. Yeah. It started at the scrimmage. We gon' win it at the last. Yeah. I call a bottle swag in the middle of the ring. Green. Throwing blows, knocking down team after team. I think they like my Colorado swag. Cause when I'm in that play.